The Brutally Speaking podcast is proudly sponsored by Starving Artist Brewing. Starving Artist Brewing may be a small speck on Michigan's beer map, but they say big things come in small packages. A brewery who really puts their money where their mouth is, supporting underground artists far and wide. Making delicious beers with the simple belief that you should judge beer, not people. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. For over 30 years, Rockabilia has been the go-to destination for all things band merch. With over 500,000 items in their online store and collaborations with today's hottest bands, you're sure to find something you love. Use our code BREW10 at checkout and take 10% off your total order. So go pick up your favorite new piece of merch now over at rockabilia.com. Now, on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is Garrett from Silent Planets. Uh, this was a really, really great conversation. Um, been very much looking forward to putting this one out. Um, it was interesting because Garrett was somebody that I feel like... It's it's funny as a whole uh, that a lot of times there are certain bands where, you know, people will reach out or send me a message or a DM or something and be like, why haven't you had so-and-so on? Uh, or you should get someone from X band. And Garrett is someone that a lot of people have said you should have on the show. And the weird thing is, is they're even even doing this for, for like seven, eight years now, eight years now. Uh, I got to get used to saying that. Um, but it's a thing where I still sometimes have this thing where... I, I hold somebody or a band in such a high regard because of the fandom uh, and, and how much the band means to its fans. And so it becomes this thing where sometimes I'm like, can I, can I do something? Can I deliver something that is worthy of that person's time, of the people who will inevitably listen to the episode? And will it be worthwhile? Like, and, and I know that's such a weird thing to, to still kind of get hung up on. Like, you know, oh, I, I'm afraid to talk to this person because maybe I'm just not up to par with the expectations that I'm putting on it, which is a weird thing. And I think a lot of us do that in our own personal lives. I think we put expectations, I think we put limitations, I think is a better way to say it, on ourselves because we're, we're so worried about the perception from other people. And I think a lot of times... It hinders us so often uh, from doing and experiencing really awesome things. And so uh, a friend of mine who I talk about right out the gate, uh, Dale, who works at the a couple of venues here in town, uh, has also become just a really great friend to my wife and I, and is someone that uh, is, is friends with Garrett and was a thing where I had kind of was talking with him at a show. I was like, I think I'm going to try to talk to Garrett. He's like, oh man, you should. He's so nice. He's super rad. I think you guys would really hit it off and have a great conversation. And it kind of gave me a little bit more of a sense of like, okay, maybe, maybe I should because this person knows me. 
and this person knows the other person I'm trying to, to talk to. And if they feel that between the two of us, we'll, we'll probably be good to talk to each other and have a meaningful conversation, then I felt more confident in it. And honestly, it's it's kind of an interesting parallel as I've been thinking about it, because Dale is also somebody that uh, myself and Tyler from uh, A Virtue are all in kind of a, a group text. Uh, initially kind of started as let's do a weight loss journey thing competition. Uh, and really, it just kind of turned into the three of us sort of being focused on on losing weight and being healthier. Um, but a lot of it has just really been checking in on each other and kind of being there for each other uh, from more of a, like a mental health kind of state of mind. And honestly, it, it's been a thing where it, it's kind of nice where sometimes I think when you're trying to do something and be a better person, you often you'll make excuses and I'm not going to say that they're not excuses as to why you didn't do the thing you set out to do. But I also think there's an understanding and maybe a compassion that when you're doing it with other people where it's like, yeah, I've had a a really bad month. Uh, Work's been kicking my ass, not really been mentally uh, there um, struggling, but you know, I'm I'm just trying to be better and, and, you know, I'm going to try to do these things. And in that, I feel like it's been really great to kind of, have that support system and and to kind of have a system in place to check in with each other, especially as guys where a lot of times we don't have some of these conversations. And honestly, I just actually sent the guys a podcast that a friend of mine, Alfonso from Heartsick, uh, had sent me with Busta Rhymes on the uh, Diary of a CEO podcast that just came out a couple of days ago as I'm when I'm recording this. And there was just some real fucking game dropped by Busta in it. And it, like it was just really great to see another celebrity, see another man. And I'm going to say this and and it might come across as weird given that it's coming from me, but it was really great to hear a black entertainer celebrity talking about mental health problems, dealing with weight issues, dealing with, you know, a lot of, uh, addictions to a degree, Uh, But also talking about being successful, talking about the drive it takes to overcome bad mindsets, environments that you come up in. And it was just something where that whole episode really kind of encapsulated, I think, what our group text is about and was something where I shared it with them. And I was like, I'm sure you're going to find something in this that motivates you. And even today, as of what I'm recording this, I decided that. I know I have time coming up uh, at the end of the year with my wife, uh, where we're both off from work, uh, that I am going to be more dedicated and vigilant uh, in turning my life around uh, and getting healthier uh, going into year 40 uh, and before I hit 40 and basically before everyone kind of starts on the new year, new me bullshit. And I reached out to another person uh, to um, help me. Uh, in starting the journey and kind of starting on a better foot than just me doing it with no purpose or no sense of direction. And ultimately, the the point of me saying all of this is I've really been kind of thinking about the betterments and more being more mindful and intentful with my intentions. That's probably not how I should have said it. I probably should have said it of being more aware of my intentions and being, I guess, more mindful of my intentions is probably how I should have said it uh, from the get-go. But because that's something Garrett and I talk about in this uh, quite a bit. I guess if that was the through line of the episode and the chat is it's, it's intentions. So I've been thinking a lot more about it, especially, you know, as I said in my last episode uh, with Jordan and Mitch talking about 
uh, finding inspiration, finding your why, finding the things that make you happy and being passionate. And when you do those and you kind of are able to uh, be happy again, find the happiness in the things that make you happy. And it's a thing where I've just kind of been thinking a lot more about, you know, anniversaries and, and end of the year and, and all the things that happen at this time of year, you know, and at the close to December and new year looming and all that kind of stuff. And it's just been a thing where thinking about this conversation with Garrett really has kind of been the catalyst of me starting to shed my own bullshit, I guess, and, and start being like, I need to be more aware of what I'm doing, the things I'm putting out there. And, and it really ultimately applies back to me as a person. I need to be more aware of like what I'm putting into my body, what I'm expecting. And I, I listen to too many successful people uh, who cut back on a lot of the shit that isn't healthy for them uh, and getting better. And honestly, it, it, it sounds so stupid to say this. And this is the other reason why sometimes I'll, I'll go on for 10 minutes on these intro and outros uh, talking about things I'm going through because maybe they're going to resonate with you. But really listening to that Busta Rhymes chat today uh, and him talking about like essentially being on the verge of dying and hitting a weight uh, because of the excessive drinking, the excessive eating and all that kind of stuff, which I'm not going to say is a problem, but I also know is a, a contributing factor to where I am today. And that I just, you know, as he said, I just... I needed to make a change and I just had to do it. And there wasn't any like kind of dipping your toes in kind of shit. It's just, you got to fucking go all in. So that is what I'm in the process of doing today. Uh, I know before, uh, coincidentally in my chat with Andrew from Idola, dance Gavin, you know, we talked a lot about the fitness journey, uh, that I was on at the time. Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed to say that, you know, I've gained all that weight back the 32 ish pounds that I had lost, but ultimately I realized I need to be, more mindful of the my intentions and, and be just more direct with what I want to do. And instead of just going, okay, I'm going to start and just kind of pussyfooting around it, I just need to fucking do it, set a date, and make it a part of my everyday habit now. All of that said, let's get into my conversation with Garrett, and I'll talk to you all on the other side of it. Talked to uh, Dave uh, slash Lurk from Lambgo yesterday. I saw or last night. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. And then, and then I was going to uh, surprise you, and I was going to have Dale because uh, I live here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So, oh, big Dale. I was gonna have Dale. Little Dale. Little yeah. Dale yeah, little Dale. <laughs> yep, I was going to have him uh, send a video, like, like question, and be like, "Oh, I took a question from a fan, and then surprise you with it." That it was funny. him. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love Dale. I, uh, yeah, I uh, he, he's he's amazing. I, I don't, I yeah, like he, he just like one of the kindest people that uh, I've ever met at a show. Sp- specifically, someone you know working security. He's just just really really awesome, really nice dude, and uh, keeps people safe and loves the community loves his job just exactly what we need more of 
Yeah, it's it's funny the amount of times I've seen him quote unquote go viral for basically essentially doing his job, which I think is funny, but it seems like it's so out of the norm to see like a security person actually want to be at the a show that they're working and then also yeah. having a good time while also keeping people safe and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh <clears throat> it's funny, like you know, he's I mean, literally like the antithesis of like a gentle giant where like you see him yeah, and you're yeah. just like <laughs> you're, you're just so nice and so uh, soft-spoken but like you just don't expect it when you see this like giant grizzled man coming at you <laughs> yeah no totally he he like he definitely breaks the stereotypes of like scary metal guy and it's just like he's nice metal guy you know and is uh yeah like a good dude just great at his job just makes makes everyone better um yeah i love that guy well yeah dude yeah thanks for thanks for having me yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny. I don't typically like necessarily talking about like the record because I feel like it makes it very like, oh, this had this conversation happened between this time. Um, right, right. But there's some things that like I do love talking about in the con in the in the construct of like when we get the press bios with the media links. Like I like those because you don't. I don't know that the public ever sees like some of those things contained within the presser. Um. And so sometimes there's like really interesting things within there that I'm like, I think they should include that into other facets of like, uh, you yeah. know, if they put like, pre like bot, like press stuff for, for the record, like that people can read. Cause then I think it'll give it a, a stronger sense of like more of the record and so forth. But there was something that kind of stuck out to me when I was reading the, the presser earlier uh, when I first got it. And it was honestly that, you know, you're talking about, you know, the album name super bloom and kind of what it came from and, how part of the album came about because like you were working on it, then you had like your, your accident. And basically that kind of spawned a whole different set of, uh, I don't know if emotions and, and reactions uh, to everything that you went through to, to kind of refocus uh, the band into, to wanting to do something given the fact that now all of a sudden you're like, well, um, life is kind of fleeting at times and it can be taken away in a moment. So why not take right. some risks and, and, and do something? Thing, uh while you still can but in the in the bio you talk about more paranormal like energy and like uh things that happen in the in the world around you and i have to say in the last i think i've always kind of been aware of it but i just don't think i've really tapped into it myself where i've like things will happen and i'll just kind of be like meh that's probably just a thing but now i'm kind of like i talk to more people through doing this and having people kind of being willing to talk more about like the connections to the world around us, whether it be maybe supernatural things or whatever. And so I kind of wanted to get into that a little bit. I mean, it, we are kind of on the, on the verge yeah. of Halloween at this point. So it's like, let's get into some kind of interesting, weird stuff. What um, is that something that you've always been tapped into or did it really take like your accident to kind of really, really hone in on that? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, you know, I, I grew up in a, a kind of religious context, and uh, in that context, there's certain things, super, I guess, cer certain supernatural phenomenon that you, you know, are told is like real and true and stuff. And then um, there's kind of a whole other list of uh, things, like say, like aliens or ghosts or whatever. And you told, oh, you know, that's that's not real though. That's superstition and um, just like, um, yeah, and, and I, I think that over the last couple of years of researching and kind of just 
figuring out what this album would be. Um, I, uh, I I came, I, I just kind of learning more about uh, different dimensions of reality and, and the idea that um, that there's, uh, I think most folks, my understanding is in quantum physics, believe there's at least like 10 dimensions to reality. And we, we only can experience like three of them. Um, and coming to this belief that uh, there are other realities and other dimensions kind of stacked upon our own. And um, Super Bloom as a record is about a, um, a person in, in 1996 who goes missing um, in Humboldt County, California. And um, um, about what, what potentially, what happened to them and, and uh, the, the story of uh, them kind of finding other uh other reality it kind of interacting with other realities and what kind of might be on the other side of those things i think what what gets kind of interesting sometimes when you talk to people i think that kind of tap into more of those those things like i'll kind of share something to kind of maybe explain where i'm coming from and maybe it'll kind of when i ask the question it'll help you but you know I'd always kind of known that I'd been around death a lot growing up, you know, between yeah, losing my brother yeah. when I was like two and family and all this kind of stuff. But it wasn't until going to therapy, like during the pandemic and the therapist would ask me like, well, how did this relationship get resolved? And it's like, Oh, that person's dead. I've been dead for a long time. And they just were kind of like, you seem no, so, so nonchalant about it. And it was just like, well, yeah, death happens. Like it's, hmm. I don't know. It's not a big, not a big deal. It's, it's something I, I've always yeah. understood that it's going to happen. Life. And yeah. it, yeah, but it took them kind of explaining like that's how you approach it isn't really a normal way for a lot of people because a lot of people will kind of push those thoughts out, those ideas of this isn't fine, like this isn't going to last forever. It is finite. And to kind yeah. of do the things that maybe challenge you, scare you, whatever, to get the most out of your life, given the fact that it's the only one you have. And it was kind of the first time I really took stock in that a lot of people actually don't really think about that until it's kind of too late where it's like it takes something drastic happening or they're like, oh, this this is a finite life and I do need to to take control of it and kind of do things yeah. instead of just letting it pass me by. Yeah. And so yeah. <clears throat> when you kind of understand that, I feel like it 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 makes a lot of the things that I feel like I've I've lived through not seem as strange and as weird because it's like, well, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I do this? Why wouldn't I come to these conclusions when I understand that this is the life that we live in? It's the only one we've got. Yeah. yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, in listening to the record and like I said, kind of reading through the, the presser, <clears throat> I can't knowing that you kind of <clears throat> were by all accounts kind of a, come from a more religious background. It's like, what does it do to you when you suddenly are kind of faced with your own mortality maybe haven't thought about it and yeah what does it inspire you to start doing mm-hmm. from that moment forward where you're, you're kind of rebirth of sorts right yeah well i mean first of all it's 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 funny you say that about you know mortality um and kind of coming to terms with that because i i was very um you know definitely had had a moment um where I was, uh, you know, pretty sure I don't, I, I kind of, the, the moment that every band fears where like our, our, I could feel our van, um, spinning on, on the freeway and 
turning and, and uh, you know, hearing um, our driver yell and knowing that uh, we were going to go down and uh, we were going at a pretty fast speed. So, um, you, you know, d I don't think it's obviously you don't have time to like think of everything or something, but definitely had a thought of like, like a roller coaster kind of like, here we go. Like, you know, I, I'm not in control and whatever happens is going to happen. And um, definitely, I think coming out on the other side of that as a band gave us kind of like a new determination and also just, I don't know, just like, yeah, like we almost died doing the thing that we've been doing for like 10 years uh, now. And, you know, when, when you have that moment, you kind of think, oh, wow, like it just you really realize like how easy um, it would have been to die right there. And uh, I specifically I, my head was like was cracked open and I was bleeding a lot and uh you know, uh, so I assume that that could have, you know, I, I don't know, just a little bit more force, a, a little bit faster or something. And, and that could have been it for me. Um, and uh, I I don't. I, I don't think anyone really has the answers about what happens when we die. I mean, the, even even within like religious texts, um, there aren't like. Is, as much as maybe you might meet some dogmatic religious person, like a say, like some uh, say, like a traditional Christian who's like, I got all the words, I got the word of God right here. I know exactly what happens when you die. Um, you really don't. Um, like either the people that were <laughs> that were writing the Bible um, weren't really giving a handbook on like how it works. I mean, there's like <laughs> there's things they say, you know, like to be absent from from the bodies to be present with the Lord or something. But th those things are. We don't really know what those mean in a in a, in a super pragmatic sense, um, you know, and and, and so I, I think anyone who's being honest and I think intellectually humble um, has to admit we don't really know what happens. You can look at what happens to a body, but um, but the energy, the consciousness, like what where 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 does that go? Um, you know, um, and I, I know there's traditions that believe in you know reincarnation, and there's traditions that believe in heaven and hell and there's obviously a lot of people that just believe that you know it just kind of fades to black and that's it you know and and, and you're and you're gone forever and I, I think wherever that wherever you fall on that spectrum i i, I think that there um i i would hope that people could have a sense of awe that like that that makes it okay to not have the answers you know um and e even this album being about the uh, paranormal occurrences um that so often seem to happen um in the uh, northwest california area um the the you ultimately kind of just have to decide for yourself you know you can find some evidence for and you can find some evidence against and you can find some phenomena that's just inexplicable um and i think that's something that more and more people are having to wrestle with right now and, and with a lot of the the footage that's come out from from the from our own you know u.s navy <laughs> Uh, footage of pilots like seeing crafts just doing stuff that that defies the laws of physics and stuff right um and uh people people are having are coming to a place where i think whether it's their religious tradition or if it's just their belief um however you know maybe incoherent that um you know science has the answers to everything right now like we have solved science or something which of course we haven't um and, and we're always learning but i think a lot of people do I find have a belief that like everything's kind of been figured out now, you know, like maybe there's like a tiny, tiny fraction that's not, but I think most people 
a lot of people seem to have the belief that like uh, our world is pretty well defined at this point and uh you know we've kind of lost the mystery of it and, and while i disagree with that um you know the, those people too i think have to wrestle with what what the nature of reality is when, when they see like some of the footage that's coming out or some hear some of the testimony um, that's even been before congress so I, I would hope you know that people find a sense of awe or a sense of like what if a sense of wonder a sense of just something that gives them pause on, on the on the uh, belief that like they, they they have it all figured out well, I think you're kind of touching on something that as I, I get older, it's kind of a, a thing that I think leads me to, I don't want to say like a more enthralling life or anything like that, but just the yeah. idea that like, <clears throat> I don't, I don't subscribe to the idea that it's like, everything is like cookie cutter. Here's all the information, you know, all these kind of things. And I feel like <clears throat> as I, have had numerous conversations over the you know decades that I've been alive at this point and conversations now like uh, my parents kind of have found religion again so like getting into conversations about whether I believe or don't uh, with my dad and coming to the conclusion a lot of times that it's like I think for for a lot of people and, and I don't mean this as a slight I mean this just kind of from my perspective this is just how I feel about something but it's a thing where sometimes I feel like we're so conditioned as people to, if you have a question, here's the answer and it's finite and it's always going to be yeah, this thing. Yeah. And, and I think for a lot of people, there is solace to be found in having a concrete answer because then you yeah, don't have to do true. any work for yourself. You don't have to think uh, and right. pay attention to other things and, and draw your own conclusions. It's already been decided right, for right. you. And I feel like as I get older, all I want to do is learn more and learn more, especially yeah. about myself and the world around me. And, you know, this might be a little bit TMI uh, to a degree, but it's, it's a thing for like, it's why as I get older, why I've gotten a little bit more into like psychedelics and stuff, because as Craig from a uh, straight from the path kind of put a really good uh, tweet out a while ago, but it's exactly why I enjoy doing things like this where he's like, we are so in control of our lives so often, like we're in the driver's seat. Sometimes you just need to not be in control to yeah. let go and understand of the things around you and kind of be uncomfortable. And it's in that yeah. uncomfortableness where you start to grow and really learn. And for me, I feel like <clears throat> there's always something for me. And it's kind of why I, I do it is to kind of get out of myself and kind of have to like if there's been a problem ruminating in my head that it's like when sometimes you take shrooms or things like that it's like you can't just stop and get off it's like you have to address the thing and yeah, the other thing yeah. that has been very therapeutic for me is taking the knowledge that i have gained from going to therapy and then also kind of doing this other thing and kind of working my way through my own bullshit and i just don't think people are willing to I'm not saying you have to do that to come to the the same conclusions, but I do believe that you need to be willing and wanting to to grow beyond yourself and around your your set of normal circumstances and just yeah. be uncomfortable yeah. and, and learn and, and be challenged. And I just don't think a lot of people want that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think. Um, uh, I. Yeah. I mean, it's like who. It's 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 difficult to choose discomfort, you know what I mean? And I think that uh, that's that's a really good point you make. That uh, you have to relinquish control. There has to 
I think a lot of people don't know the difference between like their ego, or I should say like the self that they, that they think they are consciously. And then, and then this, the self that they actually are, you know, like, 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 like who you are. Cause you're not, you're not just your, your own, you know, what's above the water of your consciousness. There's, um, in that, you know, Freudian metaphor of the iceberg, it's like, we, we experience like 10% of ourself. And then there's like 90% of ourself under the, the water, you know, that, that we're, we're still inner, we're interacting with often, but I don't know how, how well we can really know it. I, I think, um, it's also, I think the value of community, of course, is that, um, sometimes people in your life can kind of know you in some ways better than you know yourself. Um, I think, but, um, anyways, uh, get, getting past, you know, the self and, and, and those questions, like, is it an illusion or what? Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think a lot of people have found help from, uh, just various things that help them to lose control I, uh, of, of, of the mind temporarily to kind of, to have a kind of a death of, of, of a sort, like a, like a kind of an ego death or, or a temporary ego hold that kind of frees them from, I, I think consciousness is a gift, but it's also a burden, you know? Um, mm. Like I, like when you, when you read like this, you hear about the story of like Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis. Um, um, it's pretty, you know, it, it seems to me like when, when, when you read it from like a, if you, if you get outside of the, like the, the stupid tired, tired old debate of like, did it literally happen or not? Cause it's not the point <laughs> um, of a myth. And, and also myths can often, I think be more true than things that literally happened. And that's the point of a myth is to teach us something. And, you know, like Eve takes the apple and then, um, um, you know, one of the first things that happens is like Adam and Eve realize they're naked and they hide. Um, and to me, it seems pretty clear, you know, they take the apple from fur, not the apple, sorry, the fruit. And just we know it's a fruit from like, uh, what is it called? The, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And immediately they're like aware of themselves. It's it's like it's like mm. that story almost talks about like, I feel like it's like the moment people went from like just sort of being being old, ultimately present, like animals are like incredibly present to uh crossing over to like the self-awareness and and if you think about like depression anxiety a lot of that stuff i think comes from the fact that we like have a constant dialogue going in on our head you know and, and we're it's it can be hard to be like where you are now because we're able to think about the future in some sense however delusional it might be we we, we, we like and so we we live in like all these different places and it splits us up and it makes us deeply unhappy but it's also like the uh this unique thing that kind of sets you know people apart from um from you know most of existence and and i i think that that i think that that um that the burden of consciousness yeah like people have found relief with psychedelics um and even even in a something that everyone can do and something that i think most people um i find who take psychedelics learn from psychedelics is to meditate and i think everyone can meditate i think everyone can benefit from meditating and uh to to sum it up real quick it, you know me meditation is the the med i had a, a buddy who's um a doc doctor of psychology he explained it like meditation is like the computer's still running but you turn off the screen 
Um, sleep mode. So it's not it's not like it's not like you stop existing or you. I mean, some people might have some mystical experience where they like go to a completely different place, but I think most people, you 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 know where you are and and what you're doing. You're simply just trying to like let go of the wheel for a second and just ex- like sit in the car and just be like, I'm just here and just be present with it. And it's crazy what can come up when like you just take a second from the constant. Okay, I got to do this. Then I got to do this. Then I got to do this. And you know, because whether it's productive or not, whether the things you're doing is I got to, you know, eat food, I got to play video games or it's like I got to go to work or I got to call this person or or, oh, my gosh, this thing's coming up. And you, and you and we spend so much time like thinking, 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 creating this illusion that we're in control of reality or something. And in reality, I, I think uh, it just kind of distorts things and, and it makes it hard for us to be like where we need to be right then. So, yeah. Um, it's 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 there are some practices there are some methods i think people can do to to find that um to find that i almost wanted to cut you off because i didn't want to forget it or depending on where you ended up i didn't want to like cycle back to something but you said something and and it's again it's kind of one of those things that i feel like when you're you're paying attention like information will kind of seemingly come at you and then you're like wait I've, i've never put that together but these things kind of connect the dots a little bit. So you were kind of saying that like some people when there's, they believe that there's 10 planes of, uh, uh, I forget the phrase you actually said, but like 10 planes of existence, basically 10 dimensions, Uh, 10 dimensions. Sorry. But then you were just saying that, you know, it's commonly thought that we only use 10% of our brain, our actual brain power. And then I was like, huh, that's interesting. Why, what is it about the, the, the law of 10? essentially well, why is it 10 yeah I, I do think my, my understanding i mean i'm not a neurologist i, I did i do have some background <laughs> in psychology but i'm not like a I, I i was more of a i was studying to be a therapist i wasn't like studying brains all day i do my understanding is that we using 10 percent of our brain thing is it's kind of a myth i like i i, I think that 10 percent of our brain we can actively identify like what that part of the brain is doing but I do think a lot of the the what we consider like gray matter that's just kind of there is um, is uh, still very much part of the whole organism of it. Um, it's uh, more more or less it's kind of more of like an indictment on I think our lack of understanding still because the, the brain is the brain is kind of the deep ocean or the or the deep space of the body, which is to say like we we're still there's still big discoveries being made in the brain. I mean even like what happens when we sleep and like what, you know, like just like the whole sleep thing still, it's funny because sleep is obviously uh, one of the, you know, three fundamental pillars of existence. You know, it's, it's literally you, you you should be spending, you know, uh, about a third of of your life doing that. Um, But um, we, we don't even (laughs) still like really understand that or like, you know, why do people die or go crazy if they don't get sleep? We just know that that's kind of the case. And so it is, yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. Just the, how, I don't know how much is unknown to us. And I think that that's, that's a topic that's been coming up a lot recently with these interviews is, is, um, you know, I, I, if, if people can get anything from this record that we're about to put out next week, um, I would hope that it would just be a sense of like a sense of wonder, a sense of like, um, you know, the possibility that that's that all, all the all the or at least most of the stuff that's talked about in the songs and in um, the short stories that, that, that kind of surround the songs 
are just kind of um, they're they're uh, there's they're, they're things that are based in you know on on stories that are not my own. It's not, um, but but it's uh, it's also something that's um, a, a lot of what if you know and, and possibility um, because as far as science has taken us and it's pretty far. I mean, we're talking right now, you know, using like. <laughs> invisible waves of information are getting sent between us and it's that's pretty amazing but i still think that you know if if humans manage to survive um on this earth for survive each other frankly for another uh, 100 or 200 years i think we would look at the science that we have right now in, in the world that we have right now and be like oh wow you know that like that was novel but also like we we were so <laughs> behind the curve like i i think we'll, we'll look back and think like wow like we've we really had a long ways to go still, you know, um, that's at least, that's, that's at least, that's my belief. I, I, that, um, you know, science, science is great. It's just not, it's, 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 it's an ongoing process. It's not really like something that, um, should be treated like a dogmatic religion where it's like, okay, the, you know, this is final. We, we've, we've reached all the conclusions and I think there will be a lot of big discoveries and, and, uh, I, I also think that, um, eventually we might even begin to understand, some of the energy that's not really that we can't immediately perceive within our three dimensions, but you know, like some people call it ghosts or angels or demons or aliens, or I think there's a lot of different terms depending on where you come from that have tried to get at just the nature of like energy that's, that's the, that is being felt and being experienced, but can't be like immediately like um captured or, or like studied um very easily i think that we're gonna f i think that there will be some discoveries that kind of point to like wow there's other energetic seemingly you know um intentional um things on the other side and i i mean even like you know in the last 10 years it seems like you know simulation theory's gone from like kind of like a kind of far out idea i mean it was in the obviously people had heard of, you know the matrix or what have you right um but the, but the idea that our existence is a, is a simulation has become i would dare say i don't know if you'd agree with me like a, a fairly common belief I, I mean you know you have like elon musk the most uh the, the most wealthy uh, person on earth you know is is has openly um endorsed that belief of, of existence and that came a lot from you know those specific studies including i, I think maybe um um most notably the uh, double um the double slit experiment where they basically they, they found that particles were like literally like behaving differently if they were being observed or not mm. and, and it's 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 it that that what that i think was is the closest that i think maybe anyone's ever come to proof that like we we don't live in like a stable closed system reality that that like reality is that that like things are dynamic and while we do have you know laws that can account for a lot of things in, in like physics we don't um you know we don't have an explanation that is going to be sufficient unless if we start saying there's something behind all of this like we we may not be as um autonomous and, and, and free or i i mean traditionally free i i i think that we make decisions and, and, and we we think we make decisions and we have experience of reality but i think we're finding that uh there's there, there's like 
there's stuff that there, there's like a math behind all of this that like um, governs the world. And, and, and um, I, I don't think it can all be explained with what we currently have. Um, and specifically that double slit experiment that I'm talking about really just like shook people to the core because they're like watching these things and they're like the they're like measuring particles and shooting them through like these little like these barricade things and then they're coming out the other side differently every time we watch it than if we don't watch it e mm -hmm. even even if we use a camera it behaves differently than if there's and it's it's so um, it's it's so crazy but it's <laughs> it's it's kind of a it's it's a wild thing where we're uh you know i i think for a long time the the prevailing belief about um about everything or within the the kind of secular or atheist community was like yeah you know like we emerged from like a series of complex gases um and and, and life kind of evolved from, from that and uh you know now especially if if this alien thing continues to happen and and, and there's more and more proof of well i mean maybe not necessarily aliens but on a um unidentified you know aerial phenomenon flying objects um, yeah, fine objects. I, I think that we'll probably get to a, a place where people will um, wonder, like, oh, well, did, you know, maybe did something else bring us here? Was there life on Mars? You know, was there, um, what, you know, just I think there's there's going to be a lot of questions that people have, and um, I, I think it's going to be it's an exciting time to be alive. I'm I'm really curious to see what comes of it and if we can manage to um, not destroy ourselves in the next fifty years um, as as a species. <laughs> Uh, you touched on so many things and, and to spark so many like things I want to branch off of, but like, I'll start with, I'll start with this. So you were talking about like meditation and a lot of people who do, uh, or tend to do psychedelics yeah. kind of go into meditation at some point. And, uh, Porter from Atreyu was one that was really like, we have a lot of conversations sort of like this, uh, when we hang out and text and all that kind of stuff. Uh, actually, it's funny. We are we've been putting off doing a chat because like they were dropping the series of three EPs that are then going to become the album, and so we've been waiting for all that to get announced. So we can just literally have the conversation without having to stop or not be able to talk about whatever. And so as we're scheduling this, the other day, I was like, I have this day off because uh, my wife's out of town. I was like, I was planning on taking uh, doing an acid trip like this one day, but if you want to do a chat and that works better for you, I'll, I'll postpone it. And he goes, no, let's do it the next day. I want to hear about like how this trip works for you and like what what does it unlock for you and stuff like that. Yeah. And so what's interesting, though, is he was the one that kind of was championing me to do TM because that's something he gets into and does. And for a while, like I felt like when I tried doing it, it just... I, you know, the whole point of doing it is to kind of find that centering balance in your life, like in the yeah. middle of all the chaos yeah. every day is just to, for this 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever time you are yeah. setting aside, it's your time to, to center yourself and kind of not be bothered by everything else. Totally. And so I feel like when I would try doing it, maybe I was quote unquote trying too hard and, and thinking mm. something was supposed to happen other than just a new routine. And, you know, I told him when I went to Atlanta and we were, I was waiting for my wife and a few other friends to get ready for us to go out that I was like, you know, I'm up on a nice like balcony that's kind of higher up in like the trees and stuff like that. So like, and it's nice. So I, I'm just going to try it. Like, and I throw on some like just ambient music and just went, but it was a thing where I think I was up there for like maybe 20, 25 minutes before everyone like came to get me. And like, I remember 
texting Porter when I like when I was done with this experience, and I was like, I, I think I did the thing everyone talks about what TM does, where I was like, I kind of was able to get out of my body. I went mm-hmm. like above myself. I could see like the surrounding like street and the trees. I went down like to a place like w- it was weird because when we walked that way for the first time, I saw the things that I saw, but I had never seen before. Um, so there's like weird sense of deja vu mm. where it's like, okay, I, I just saw this like 30 minutes ago, but I've never been here. Um, That's crazy. I've not had that. Ex- <laughs> I've not had that experience since um, I was not under the influence of anything. It just, I had just woken up and like no coffee, no nothing. And just sat up there and then this happened and it hasn't happened since, but he's like, that's kind of like what it can do when you like really lock in on it. And he goes, so for like your fourth or fifth time, like for you to experience it, like it's pretty rad. Um, like I said, I still haven't had it happen since, but it's something where it's like, I, I don't know if it was just like the quote unquote stars aligned because like I'm in a place that makes me feel peaceful and happy. And I was just away from everything, right, like my right. normal home routines that it's like I'm out of a normal routine for myself. So like now the I'm able to tap into something, but kind of speaking right. to that as well, you were talking about energy and I kind of wanted, you know, cause this is something I'm trying to, as I get older, I tend to find that, you know, I, I want to experience more things, but I don't, I also understand that you can't just like dive into the deep end with everything. You kind of have to like do them incrementally to, make them become new behaviors and stuff like that. And something, you know, I, I I hear a lot of people talking about is grounding, you know, taking off your, your shoes, your socks and and kind of being one with the ground, kind of the earth around you. And something I noticed when I was looking for photos uh, for your show specific episode um, is that you don't wear shoes or socks. You're barefoot when you perform. And I wondered, and I wanted to ask, is it something where it kind of does the same thing for you? It's like a grounding mechanism of like just feeling everything around you and keeping you more present yeah. in the moment. Um, I started being barefoot most of the time when I was like 16. Um, hmm. And I actually, I kind of did it through my second two years of high school. And then uh, when I got, when I, um, when I got, out of high school, I, I found out that uh, I got a text from people like my first, I was, I was in college at that point. And I got a text from people back at the high school that were like, oh, they passed the Garrett rule. And now like you get in trouble if you don't have shoes on. Um, like it's like, it's a new dress. They, they, it became a dress code thing that apparently I, um, I brought about that, that yeah. Like a, by being <laughs> barefoot but i i didn't I, I wasn't trying to be like rebellious or anything uh i just like i for me it was as simple as like i i felt more comfortable being barefoot it just like kind of worked it was easy and whatever and um i didn't really think about like ground i didn't i don't i didn't know about grounding or anything until um a few years ago and it's funny because more recently i've kind of worn shoes more often uh, for a few reasons one I, I broke my back in our van wreck and um being barefoot is definitely not bad for your shoes, but having like bad shoes is, and I used to like just carry around like really thin shoes or like flip flops if I ever needed them. And now I like, if I'm, if I'm not barefoot, I need to be in like a good shoe. So I kind of, I wear kind of these old man shoes more often now, but um, I still love to be barefoot. And the funny thing is now that I'm not barefoot all the time, I have to be intentional about grounding. And um, I can say for sure that grounding is very legit grounding is like 
the, the whole grounding thing, like I, like I can't tell you how many times, like I'll just like go step in grass with my bare feet for like five or 10 minutes and feel something. And, and I, I'm a hundred percent fine with somebody hearing this being like, yeah, that's placebo. You know, effect. I don't, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, the, the funny thing about placebo effect people always forget is like placebo effect is a phenomenon because it works. So even if something might be a placebo, if it's working, maybe just keep doing it anyways. But, um, Sure. Yeah, uh, you, you know, I, I, I do. Um, I mean, yeah, I, you know, we are a complex electrical system. Our bodies are. And um, there's a lot. And I, I think that, yeah, if you touch the earth, whether it's putting your hand on a tree or, you know, your feet on grass or something, I think that um, it's possible that it um, is beneficial for the electrical system of the body. But I, I, I wasn't really barefoot to make that statement or for that reason. But it's funny you say that because more recently I've been thinking more intentionally about grounding now that I do wear shoes sometimes. But um, I used to go whole like months without, I think I went a whole semester in college once without wearing shoes. And I always kind of liked it, but <laughs> I'll tell you, this is something. People, some people get really fucking mad at you if you're barefoot. I it's, I know you're thinking, yeah. what? It's just, it's just bare feet. Bro, I can't tell you how many like, Oh my God, some dude, I think he, he used to be in the story so far. I remember like he tweeted like nothing worse than like barefoot musicians or in like, um, I just can't tell you how, um, well, I, I had one dude in a band that we're both familiar with, a heavy music band, say you're the only, he's like, you're the only barefoot guy that gets a pass. And I, I've always just, or like even in college one time, I saw someone like post on like some community Facebook group, like all these barefoot hippie hipsters i want to stomp on their toes and i'm always just like i have so many times i'm like holy shit like are you good <laughs> like why are you so mad i'd be one thing if barefoot yeah. people were like shoving their toes in your eyes or something but like <laughs> I, I literally just don't want to wear shoes sometimes and people get emotional about it, it and it's one of those weird things where like i never thought it, you know initially being barefoot that well, I mean, okay, so the reason I was initially barefoot, I broke both of my feet when I was, like, 14. I couldn't walk for two years mm. from 14 to, like, 16. Um, really bad breaks. Like, it, so I crawled and used wheelchairs, and that was a very interesting, humbling thing. But um, and just taught me a lot about life. Um, but um, w when I got better, the doctor's like, oh, you got to wear these, like, medical-grade shoes. And then just being, like, a kid, who's, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do the opposite and just be barefoot. And also just being able to walk again after so long, it just felt nice to be on my bare feet. But all that is to say, um, I, you know, I, I never thought about like health benefits, whatever. And then like when people would get like really like weird or mean about being barefoot, then that like rebellious side of me would come out and I'd be like, oh, I should be barefoot more often just to like spite <laughs> this person who like has having an emotional reaction to my feet. Um, so that's uh yeah that's, that's a strange uh, aside about feet and and people giving way more of a shit than you would ever imagine about bare feet. I I want to touch on something because I've, I've the only person I've really kind of ever discussed this with in in any sort of capacity is uh, Andrew from yeah. Ghost Inside. Um, and it was you know obviously after the the bus accident they had but you know since he had lost his, his uh his leg and all that and we had kind of bonded over you know at the time his one decade project had uh 
been out for a little bit and we were just kind of talking about, uh, you know, the mm. idea of instrumental music, how it can kind of take you places and stuff like that. And how you like, you know, there's a song that kind of has like ambulance or like hospital noises and stuff like that. Yeah. So the thing about me is I grew up with a cleft lip and palate um, growing up and it's a thing where I had a lot of a ton, a ton, a ton of oral surgeries and stuff like that to, to correct, you know, everything. And one of the surgeries that I had to go through as a kid, roughly around the same age as, you know, you said you were like 13, 14. I think I was maybe like 10, maybe 11. Um, but I had to have a bone graft. So they had to take a bone out of my hip and put it into my gum line to straighten it out to do stuff for That's further crazy. down the road. That wow. Eventually didn't work as I would find out 10 years later. Um, what do you mean? But it was a thing where, so the bone, the graft didn't work the way that they had anticipated. And the way that I found out was literally they had numbed my mouth to put in. So they pulled the tooth out to give my, my mouth, uh, the space for all the teeth to align and shift and do all that stuff. I'm talking like 10 years of retainers, palate expanders, braces, like the whole gamut of everything. Wow. Plus, like I said, a bunch of oral surgeries and stuff like that. And then it wasn't until they were Your literally in where the up from all this constant yeah. work. Like that must've been so it's, exhausting. As I become older, it's also where I realized I have a lot of uh, food issues where it's like, because going on those sur surgeries where it's like, the first month afterwards, you're you're basically on a liquid diet. Then it's semi soft yeah. foods for about a month, and then finally you can get so yeah. like solid foods. But then it's like, well, now you have braces, so you can't eat these things because they'll get stuck in, or it could damage the the braces or whatever. So I have a lot of yeah. weird food problems and hangups that I'm I'm still kind of working through as an adult. Um, I basically have the diet of a of a child because of that. Um, but it's also a thing it where kind of, it kind of like stopped your natural progression that most people would have had yeah. with food. Yep. Um, among other things, but it's a thing where it was like, literally, I remember they were like in where the hole was that they had made, like the tooth they removed and they were going to put the implant in. And that, that was the other part of getting the bone graft is there wasn't enough bone density to hold the implant. So mm -hmm. they were in there yeah. and then realized that even with the bone graft, like from 10 years ago, all the shit that I went through, they were in there like, there's not enough bone for this to, to latch onto. Oh my God. So then it was like, so getting like that oh, information horrible. as like a, like a 15, 16 year old kid where I'm like, I just went through all of this shit. I was made fun of like my whole life for basically no reason. And my parents spent all this money and it like, I'm of the mind now where I'm just like, like people are like your teeth. And I'm like, my teeth were never going to be perfect uh, because of my, how I like was born. Uh, you know, we have a bunch of advancements. I could either get like, you know, veneers or false teeth or what, like I'm not that vain. I don't care. Um, but the the point of what I was going to say was when they did the bone graft, I remember having to like being in the hospital and I would have like spasms and stuff in my leg and like it, it hurt and it was like really oh, hard yeah. to walk. And I remember wow. the thing, the condition of me being able to leave uh, the hospital was that I had to walk to the bathroom and back on my own. And the thing was, is uh, growing up in Delaware originally, that's where I'm from. Uh, we got hit with a really bad storm that was coming, like a snowstorm. Like, mm -hmm. if you know anything about the East Coast, it's like if you get hit with anything, the whole state shuts down because they just can't handle it. And so I remember my parents were like, we're, "Is it because the states are so close together and the infrastructure is so closely tied?" Kind of thing. They just don't. They just don't get that kind of weather, so they don't have the means to to keep up with it. Um, okay. And so it became this thing where my parents were like, "We're not trying to force you to do anything." But if you could walk to that bathroom and come back, like you can sit on the fucking couch all you want when you're home, please. Like if you could, cause we don't want to be stuck here. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I did it, but I remember even getting home, like 
it just it was such a ordeal have to learn to kind of walk again like in a different manner like and and i'm not like negating mm. like my legs weren't broken or anything but it's like the surgery did a thing to where it's like i just it was hard for me to walk for a little while and it's yeah. a thing that it's a it's a weird mental thing to feel helpless like when you've become so accustomed to being able to to walk and just do yeah. a thing that you don't even think about doing and i remember my parents went i think to go get lunch or something like that and i was home on the couch but they had accidentally taken the remote and taken it to like the bathroom so i had to crawl to the bathroom to go get this remote oh so God. i could change the channel but it's a thing where it's like sometimes I, I i think though like that's an experience for me like where it's like i feel like that is something that it taught me at a very young age that it's like sometimes like you shouldn't take for granted things that we mostly yeah. do something as simple as walking Dude, and to yeah. me, it's like you're you're one of the few people that had through a completely different set of circumstances, but you're the first person other than Andrew that I've talked to that's like had to kind of relearn how to do something at a, a pretty yeah. Yeah. not normal part of your in your life. Oh, dude, I yeah, I mean, I um, dude, for sure, like walking, I do not take for granted. And I have also learned that specifically myself, I, I like need. I'm one of those people that has to move around a lot. Um, took me a long time to realize that, but like if I just kind of sit inside all day, I really uh, my my mental condition just deteriorates pretty quickly. And uh, hmm. I I um, I think I think maybe a lot of people are like that. And they don't know it, you know that like just just I, I think that motion is is something that is really critical to um, emotional health. Actually, er, earlier on on this. Uh, on a different podcast, I was talking to someone about how like we are, it's cool that we talk about mental health, you know, so much and the whole, the whole concept of like, yeah, talk about mental health, destigmatize it and stuff. And and I, I agree like that we need to destigmatize, you know, people having problems and, and that, um, you know, for a long time, people didn't know how to talk about having depression. It was just kind of like, yo, like, you know, what's wrong with you, you know? Um, and I'm glad that that's that's changed in, in in a lot of ways. However, I do think that sometimes when we talk about mental health, mental health, mental health, we create this category that it's like we think it's happening completely aside from physical health. Because you know, if you're saying mental health, you're kind of insinuating that you're not talking about just physical health, or that there's a distinction between the two. And I, I don't. I mean, our brains are in our bodies, and 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 I think mental health affects the body is such that. It's it is just kind of health, you know, and I understand why we say it because it's like, you know, you, you're having mental health problems. We know, OK, that means that your arm's not broken, that, you know, you might have depression or something else. But I, I think that sometimes we the, the category mental health gives people this illusion that it's it's only in your head or that it's only in your brain. But it's we're, we're a whole system and uh, physical, just, you know, your diet and your exercise and that kind of stuff does have a huge, huge, huge um, impact on your physical health and vice versa. You know, if if you're thinking negative thoughts all the time and, and you're just constantly anxious, that can affect your your stomach. That can change things. Yeah. There's just there's so much of a connection there. And uh, to where actually I, I like to always tell people, hey, probiotics, maybe you need them. <laughs> Way more people yeah. need probiotics than think. And I sound like an old man here, but I, I, I've, uh, my life got a lot better once I started doing things to take care of my gut. And once I kind of learned about how much antibiotics are in our food supply and, uh, 
I think if Western medicine has one major blind spot, it would probably be um, with regards to not understanding really the nature of uh, just not really understanding the nature of the gut, the, 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 the microbiome and, and how that all works. But yeah. Um, sorry, as an aside, that that is crazy, though. We, we both <laughs> can learn to uh, be be grateful for what we have and to uh, to not take for granted, you know, the ability to to do anything, really, because it, it really can be taken from you very quickly. Well, I think I think for me, like a, a, a big thing. I'm trying to think of how I want to articulate this. Um like, you know, you were just kind of talking about also sort of just kind of understanding like what, what the energy, I mean, I guess mm-hmm. if there's a through line through the shadow, that's kind of the energy of things, but kind of understanding how we can kind of be our own, our own detriment of things. Like, for example, like I've always kind of been a very things will happen as they're supposed to happen. Like things just yeah. kind of always will work out or if they don't, you know, it's a learning, it's a learning experience of like, okay, there was, you know, something probably led to this. I got to identify what that was and then try to course correct eventually. Uh, so that, that outcome doesn't happen, but it's interesting. Cause like my wife and I are so opposite in a lot of things, but I think it's ultimately what makes us work because we balance each other out. Hmm. And something that is wild to see for her is, you know, like, and this is like the stress of a job, but it's, it's interesting to kind of see it and then kind of hone in more on a, like a bigger scale for like, Oh, this is probably yeah. what a lot of people go through and how they are. But you know, like it might be like, it might, okay. So like tomorrow's Friday, uh, but we're both off, but like typically let's say like we go out with friends on a Friday after work to go to the bar or whatever, grab dinner and we'll be having a good time. And then she's like, Oh, I'm just not looking forward to this meeting on Wednesday. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's that's so far away. Like, why are you letting why are you letting something yeah. that probably won't even happen? Because honestly, at her job, like a lot of meetings just fall through like last minute. And I'm like, you're stressing about something that isn't even happening. And it's ruining like the thing happening in the future is ruining your present. And like oh, I see so many does. people do that so often where it's like the anxiety or the fear or the stress or whatever ruins so much of like the happiness they're having currently that it's like you're manifesting your own like depression (laughs) oh i I think we absolutely do um and it's um it's 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 a shame because it's like um i think most people that are doing that they're they're not conscious that they're doing it and it's kind of hard for them to see how they're doing it because it's like it's like how how do you how do you how do you it's hard to see it like i i had an anxiety disorder for a couple years and i Hmm. I, I had a master's degree in clinical psychology and I, I didn't realize that I had an anxiety disorder. That wasn't like in my, that wasn't in my, my, that wasn't like in my, I, I, anxiety was a word in my vocabulary, but it wasn't, it wasn't in my like emotional sort of like in, in, introspective. Uh, I didn't really think of it like an anxiety disorder. I just kind of thought, whoa, like everything's going wrong in life. And, and I was just kind of, you know, bound up in, in, in the anxiety so much that I couldn't even see the anxiety. And it's, it's such a trip how like, how easy it is to just kind of miss the most basic things as they're right in front <laughs> of you, you know? Um, and that, that was me definitely. Um, what was I, it for, that, for that what was it that allowed you to identify that 
in yourself? Um, I mean, I tried to, <laughs> um, and this is, it's, it's fine that we're talking about this because I actually have, um, you know, uh, talk, I've been pretty open about this, but uh, we were on tour in 2019 um, supporting North Lane in Europe. And I tried to take my life on tour and ended up in like a Belgium like hospital. And then uh, past that, it, it was like, okay, then after that, it was um, um, after the Belgium like mental hospital thing, then I, I went to like a clinic in America for like a month where I just was he's getting kind of like round the clock psychiatric treatment and, and, uh, that whole process, you just like kind of being in a mental hospital, once you get there, you're like, well, I really have a problem. And obviously I, I knew I was suicidal. Um, but I didn't, it took me a while to realize like how I'd gotten to that place. And I'd gotten into just such a fearful sort of all or nothing view of reality that, um, it was, yeah. And, and just, and then kind of just thinking more back about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, like I do avoid sleep, like until I'm like exhausted and just a lot of the hallmarks of anxiety um, I, I realized were, were like in my life. And uh, I'm um, I definitely wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for my bandmates who kind of intervened and, and tried to help me when I was on tour. But um, it was uh, it, it it was a process for sure. It was it was a process uh, getting to getting to the place that I could, you know, even identify and start to do something about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I cannot, um, but it, it took me a long time to see it and I had a master's degree in psychology. So it is just to say like, it's, 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 it's a lot of times it's easier to see what's going on in someone else's life or see what's going on in the world than it is to like, look at yourself and like, see what's happening. <clears throat> It's weird. <laughs> uh, I I didn't know that. The, like I didn't know that about you. Um, I don't. I don't. Like I said, you said you. you this is kind of like not maybe common knowledge, but you've talked about it before. But it's not something I've I've come across or heard about. But it's uh it's interesting in doing this show and kind of honestly, like you know, kind of the other theme of this is sort of self help and stuff like that. But you know it it's crazy how this show has changed since going to therapy. Like I can kind of pinpoint uh, the episode I did with Lee from born of Osiris, you know, talking about his uh, instrumental solo record. And I just like, I used to prep for these things. Like I'd write out a ton of questions and, or, and like, yeah. it was almost like a creative writing experience where it's like, I'd have a really good question, but then I'd go, well, you can't ask that right away. Like you got to get to there. So how do I get there? And then I'd build questions mm -hmm. to get there. And, and then a way out. And then it's like, I never allotted for there to be any spontaneity because it's like, well, I can't get back to the questions I've curated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you has your, your itinerary. Uh, yeah. Could accidentally my day sheet. <laughs> in the conversation. Yeah. And so That's it became this thing where a lot of life too. <laughs> yeah. And so like, that was a really good one, but I mean, just you talking about what you just said and, and you know, first of all, uh, thank you for being honest and open about it. Um, oh, yeah, it definitely didn't have to be, but it took me right back. The, my reaction to you saying that took me right back to when I had Andrew from, uh, most people know him from dance, Gavin dance, but Idola, and we were, they were on the Don Barocco periphery tour, uh, dance Gavin. And we were talking, we're doing a chat in the bottom of uh, the Royal Oak music theater. And like, 
we were just talking and I think it was like in the first, like the episode never came out cause uh, kind of got hit with like a, you can't put this out for a couple of reasons. Um, but we mm-hmm. have since talked about it. He's talked about these things on other uh, platforms and so forth. So I don't, I'm not talking on a turn, but it was just wild. Like I was like, how you been, man? He goes, uh, really? Like, do you really want to know? Or like, do you want the sugar-coated answer? And I was like, no, nah, I mean, yeah, like last yeah. time we did this, like you, you reveal that you have Lyme's disease and you've been dealing with that. And I was like, so fuck it, let's go, let's get into it. Like, you know, and I wasn't expecting much. And then he's like, like two and a half weeks before this, like where, where I am now. Cause like we were, I think at the beginning of the tour, he's like, I, I had tried to take my life and I was like, fuck. Wow. And it's, it's one of those things that like, when you hear, like when you're doing this and you're literally listening and talking to someone, you don't, you know, people go through things, but you just, you, it really kind of puts it literally on front street. And you can like, when you can see the person and you're talking to this person and you hear someone say that you're just like, fuck, I didn't, I guess I, I don't, you don't know what other people are going through. And then it just kind of is a thing where it, uh, it's really, it's really challenging sometimes. And, uh, it's, it's a thing for me where I hope he's he's doing better now. Oh, he's doing so much better. He's doing so much better now. Um, and it's a thing where, you know, like I, I love that, you know, during the pandemic, especially, when a lot of people lost the connection to others and not being able to have that community you were talking about earlier, whether it's friends, bandmates, whatever I had this at least. And with mm-hmm. no one being able to go anywhere, like I got to do more of these. Um, and so it was a thing where I was like, I'm so glad that I started doing a weird hobby years before because it gave me an outlet to not feel stagnated and, and isolated and alone from people Yeah, and yeah, totally. how much you need that. And so it becomes a thing where, uh, for me, um, I enjoy doing this and I would assume it's very similar for you for, for what you do in, in your side of the, like this career where it's like, you don't know where these things are going to go, what conversations are going to, you're going to have with people and how you're going to connect with somebody. Like, I didn't know that you had a surgery and broke your legs and stuff like that and had to essentially yeah, kind of yeah. relearn to walk like around the same time yeah. I had to. Uh, age wise and so forth and just a lot of the things that, that is wild that we have that in common that's like pretty uh or but i mean, not we do but i think childhood sure so. but like to me that that becomes why this this medium is so great because i think like you and i don't know each other we know some similar people peripherally but we're finding out that we're more common than we're not and i think that yeah, if most yeah. people would stop like you know being so indated about being on this thing and actually do this more I think a lot of people like would have conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think you'll, you'll be able, it's, it's almost a form of therapy essentially. Like I know when I don't do this, like for like, there are times sometimes where it'll be a stretch of like a week or so. And I'm like, fuck man, I miss this. Like I, it's kind of my form of therapy where it's like, I get to kind of talk yeah. through things. I get to learn yeah. something new about somebody else and be challenged maybe, or take an idea or thought from a conversation and see how like, that's how therapy was for me. Like my therapist would always try to give me homework and then, you know, through, and I'll always advocate for this, but better help was really good for me because it's online and you can oh, just cool. do whatever. Yeah. But yeah. the the thing was that I knew for me, my therapist was always like, you can email me. You can, you know, quote unquote, text me. If you want to get a hold of me, you can schedule another appointment if you need something in the week before. And yeah. I was always like, I don't, I'm sure that's beneficial for a lot of people. I would rather do our thing see whatever we discussed. How does it manifest in my life for over the course of this week? How can I learn to use the tools you gave me to 
better improve what I've been going through. And then when yeah. we do this thing again, I'm going to talk about that. And then we'll talk about whatever else we do. And then you'll give me new homework and then I'll kind of do the same thing. But if I had access to you, then I feel like all I would do is just ask you a bunch of questions and, and I would just try to get answers sort of like we were saying earlier where it's like people just want the absolute truth like here's your homework here's your definitive answer and you don't yeah. have to think or feel for yourself and it's like that's not how i'm wired and that's not how i want to i want to traverse life oh yeah i mean i i think people will oftentimes be you know i think people will oftentimes uh be more you know be be, be more <laughs> commonly will like arrive at an unhelpful answer that is actually in the long term <laughs> going to hurt them, then they will like accept the struggle and, and the not knowing for long enough to arrive where they need to arrive. Um, myself included. Um, because I think, I think not knowing and being in limbo is like just a very difficult thing for a lot of people. And I think it brings up a lot of anxiety um, but I don't, I don't think that that anxiety of maybe being in limbo is necessarily bad. I just think it's, it's painful and it's, it's difficult, mm -hmm. but, um, I, I think we all, you know, can benefit from kind of being in, in, in a, in a middleness and in a middle place. And I guess that kind of goes back to meditation that I think meditation is, you know, learning how to, to find a sense of peace in, in, in a, in a state of just like being, you know, and not not really being on your way to something or being like, Oh, I'm being so productive or constructive with my time, but simply just <laughs> being and letting, letting the, letting that be enough that, that you're just kind of in, in a, in a place of, of learning and finding, you know, um, whatever that it might be that you need to find. And it's, but you know, I, I get that it's easier said than done. And it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult, you know, when, when you're, when you're trying to figure out like what it, what it looks like to, uh, you know, find, find a sense of balance when you don't have answers, because it's just so much easier to just to push yourself to, to arrive right away at, at everything. So, you know, easier said than done, but boy, I, I, I know that I would not be able to function at this point with meditation <laughs> and a lot of my friends too, that have kind of, learn that the wet wisdom of meditation kind of echo that same thing that it's like once you once you really learn the value of it and you learn how to meditate in, in a way that's helpful for you you find that it's it's essential to like your thriving um and so if you know someone's listening to this right now and we've covered a lot of different topics but if if they are, have any interest in meditation i would definitely encourage them to check it out because it's uh it's changed my life for the better. And I, I, I would, you know, I, I'm obviously very biased, but I, I think that it, it could really help them too. Something this is kind of be one of my last questions. So I don't take up your, your whole evening, but, um, so this is a, so something that doing this podcast has taught me and you, as you were just kind of saying this, it kind of sparked the, the idea and the thought, Something in talking to so many different people from all over, but I'm going to really pinpoint it and say foreign people, not from here in the States. Uh, I, as someone who sees people watching and just picks up on a lot of people's mannerisms and so forth, it's been intriguing to watch people, and I'll just say again, foreign people, not from here in the States, that when you're talking to them, because English isn't their first language, and that's how we are communicating – it's interesting to watch them when they don't know what they want to say or the phrase or the word or whatever that 
excuse me, that they, instead of talking through and just meandering on with, with incessant words and things, and it's not even what they really want to say, but they just don't want to appear to be stupid or quiet or whatever. The fear of the quietness of just, I don't know what to say. It has been yeah. so invaluable to me to watch them think and pause and then find the right thing that they want to say. And it's something mm. that I've taken with me ever since, because once I noticed, it, I was like, that's so for a multitude of reasons, like doing a podcast, if all I did was just talk through the whole thing and then I go, Oh, I arrived at the, what I wanted to say 30 seconds later, trying to cut all that. If I just kept talking mm. and, and yammering, it's almost impossible to get it to line up and sound like a cohesive thought. But at least if that's I stop, then it's like, here's the wave thing where it just stops, cut that out and then sync it together. And then it doesn't yeah. appear to be such a long break. Um, outside of that though outside of a practical reason of doing it for this podcast when you do it in person and when you do it in conversation it's interesting to see how it almost allows everyone else the permission to do the same that like the the Mm. cadence of everything slows down and you're not talking at a a rapid speed it's like you kind of settle into a, a rhythm of talking and it's very you know calm and quiet and all that kind of stuff so I wonder in all of your traveling and all of the things that you've done in your career, is there something like that that you have taken into your, your become a daily habit of sorts because of something you've noticed mm-hmm. through all your interactions with people from like, from a different culture, from a different context. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, what, one thing I, I, you know, that comes to mind is, uh, for sure. Uh, I see more of an importance of this in, in Europe, and I, I say I think Europe is a is a place that we've traveled to uh, enough. Like I've I've been had the privilege of going, you know, touring in Japan once and China uh, twice and in Ch- China once, and but um, I think I think Europe because we go there once or twice a year. Um, I, I've noticed that um, the the importance of like uh, hospitality. Um, that like when, when you get to a venue in Germany, they like feed you, they introduce themselves to you, they talk to you. And uh, in America, it's like you get to a venue and like this, like if, if, if usually if a venue employee is talking to you, it's not friendly and it's not because they want to, it's because they like, um, they, they have something to say, you know, and, 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 and it's a, uh, but I, and, and I can see a lot of that kind of just, yeah, cold, like practical, just like get things done faster, more efficiently in my own life too. And, uh, being touring, especially in like mainland Europe, especially, you know, Germany, Netherlands, um, Italy, um, just like a lot, a lot of these countries, I, I just saw, I received so much hospitality and so much warmth, um, and saw, uh, Italy really stands out as far as just like a place that really values like a family meal. And so I, it, the, the first, that's probably the first thing that comes to my mind as far as something that I, I, I learned from from touring in, in a foreign context that, you know, just kind of like helped me to help to, to expand my mind, I would say, uh, was was that that sense of hospitality that you see in in, uh, in Europe. And I, I think it even as you go east sometimes gets stronger. Like I, I think um, in Poland, Gosh, I, just the just the, some of the conversations I had with in Poland, um, and there's that's a whole another thing. I I talked to I talked to a lot. I met a lot of Ukrainian refugees in Poland as well um, when we were there uh, earlier this year, and 
heartbreaking um and and also just like so powerful to see you know people that don't have a lot of money and, and they've had to flee their country and they're in another place you know pay money to go to a show and like just be present and you see them singing with people and they're like joining arms and you're just like wow like um you're their escape it's, though it's from very all humbling very beautiful thing to see for sure yeah yeah i mean that i don't know something like I at times I don't feel like this is a creative endeavor technically and I also wait, don't, wait, you do, you doing, don't think it's creative. I, I okay so like this has been a, a I guess like and this has been something cuz like I I suffer from and I think a lot of people do and it seems like now it's like the the new hot thing to be like I I suffer from this um but right, right. <laughs> legit, I do know that it's a thing, but like imposter syndrome a lot. Um, yeah. But I think the other thing is, is like, I remember when Porter and I did like a six hour, it was only supposed to be like two, but we ended up chatting for like six hours total on his Twitch thing. Um, and I remember, you know, we were talking about, you know, I was like, you know, you used to say, and you know, I'm bad at taking compliments because uh, I'll quickly de deflect them and, and whatever. But yeah, I was yeah. like, you know, you always say like, you're good at talking to people. You're good at making people feel comfortable. You're, you you know, you're these things. And I just would go, I'm just fucking talking to someone. Anyone can talk to anybody. Like, it's not a skill. Um, it's not a, it's not a thing. Like, I just feel like anyone, I feel like honestly, anyone can, any, anyone like, can make music. Anyone can, can paint. It's how you do it. Sure. Right. Sure. Sorry, and and that's the thing that, it, no, 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 you're good. And I think that's the thing that I'm starting to understand is that some people are a little bit more innately i don't want to say better because like and i'm saying better from the perspective of doing this some people are just better at communicating i guess and and really where i kind of learned that was when i had my previous job uh running you know a lids you know a sports uh apparel store and hat store and someone wanted me wanted to train with me specifically because they're like, oh, you're able just to talk to everybody. And I go, and they're like, so I want to watch you and, and shadow you and see like how you do stuff. And it was a thing where like this person was like 19, maybe 20. So it's like, I almost got 20 years on them. And I'm like, you can watch me talk to people all you want, but you aren't me. You don't have the 20 years of watching NBA, like the 30 years of watching the NBA or NFL or places I've traveled or all these things I've done. Yeah. You don't have those experiences to pull from. So like watching mm. me talk to someone, you can't mimic that because um, mm. it's not authentically you. And that was where I really started understanding like Porter's sentiment of and other people's sentiments of you know, it is a little bit of a gift because you have to earn those experiences. You have to earn those those things that make you you. Um, but it's a thing where I, I feel like um, the the hard part at times is when I do stuff like this, like, and I feel like it's the same, like, because like, like I, I was telling Dale earlier, actually, I was like, I'm actually really nervous to talk to you because I feel like you're someone that I feel like is very articulate, very well-spoken, has a lot of uh, deep thinking uh, concepts and things that you will explore and expound upon and, and want to discuss. So it makes it harder to kind of be like, okay, like, can I keep up with you? Um, secondly, 
I know your fan base is one that's like so rabid for what you do. Anything you guys do, I see that like people like will just go to it. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome, but it's really daunting for someone like me who it's like, I'm not going to ask you a ton of questions. Like, what is this lyric about? What is this thing? And sometimes I feel like the fan base at times will be like, man, you didn't fucking ask about insert whatever here. And like, that'll be the comment I get on like a YouTube version of this. And I'm like, oh, man, and it's hard not to take it so personally because I feel like then it's a waste. It was a waste of the person's time, maybe like your time where I'm like, I let down one of your fans. Cause I didn't ask something that they wanted to hear from you. And it becomes this like weird burden, but it, it also has kind of allowed me to look at things from your guys's perspective where it's like, it should never be for anyone, but you, it has to come from within and it has to be, you know, the rediscovery of the why, why do you do this? What is the purpose that drives you? And if it's for other people, then mm. those aren't pure motivations. Like it should always be you as the motivating factor as to why you do something. Yeah, I think, I mean, totally. I, I think the factor is always kind of changing for me. Um, uh, a lot of times it's, it's, it's our community. A lot of times it's, yeah, wanting to try something. Well, a lot of times it's just like, uh, it can just be as simple as like, I'm just like, well, I feel stuck in life. Like I just need to like make something. It's funny how it, how it <laughs> changes. Um, uh, I re- you said you watch football and basketball for 30 years. Who are your teams? So as an avid sports person with football, the only real football team I'm like diehard loyal to is Michigan football. Um, in the NFL, I just like football. Um, like it's living here in Michigan, it's easier to follow the Lions. I've been watching the Lions for a very long time. But growing up out east, yeah. you know, I used to watch uh, the Eagles, uh, the Redskins were my mom's, or the Commanders now, uh, were my mom's team. So like I used to watch them. I was real big into the Cowboys in the '90s, like when they had Dion and Emmett and Troy Aiken and Michael yeah, Irvin yeah, and yeah, like, was, all these dudes. Crazy. Okay. And so. I just like watching football. Um, same with basketball. Like um, I, my two favorite players growing up are Dennis Rodman and Dikembe Mutombo. <laughs> nice. So you like defenders, rebounders. I, I like weird people. I like, I tend to notice that I like weird players. Like um, when working at the sports store, it's like, I would like talking about different jerseys, like throwback jerseys and stuff. Like I was like, I'm very specific to an era, to a, a style of player. And it's like, you know, for a while I, I was, I've been looking for, and not like those shitty champion jerseys that we used to have. Yeah. Cause like yeah. I was telling people like, cause some people like we had a Michael Jordan Jersey, a bulls one, and it's like 325 bucks, but it's like game authentic, right. like stitched and everything. And then all the other ones are like the Nike vapor jerseys where it's like kind of a screen print on it, but it's a lot better quality. And mm. I was like, you know, you can bitch about how much the Michael Jordan Jersey costs. It's never going to depreciate in value unless you just fuck it up. But like, the other thing is I was like, at least like the quality has kind like the middle ground has gotten better because before it was the champion ones where you wash them once or twice and they start fading or the $325 jerseys. So it's like, there was no comparable thing that lasted a while, but I was making the comments to someone. I was like, you know, uh, I like, I wanted, I want a Gary Payton Sonics Jersey, but like the original Sonics Jersey, not like the one from the 96, like championship, like team, yeah. like the old school ones. Um, I was talking about how I wanted a Denver Nuggets, like after they switched from like the the bright colorful ones from like the late 80s, like when they moved to Denver to like like early 90s, like 92 era. But I wanted like a Lafonso Ellis Denver Nuggets. And everyone's like, mm. Lafonso Ellis. And I'm like, I don't know. I just love that dude. Like, and to Kemi, but 
you know, it's just like I have weird, very specific players and teams. Like, you know, when I think of the Golden State Warriors, it's like, okay, do I want a Tim Hardaway? Do I want a uh, Latrell Sprewell? Or would I rather have a Latrell Sprewell Knicks jersey? Or would I rather, like, I'll go that. But then it's like when I get to the Knicks, I'm like, oh, I, I think I'd rather have a Marcus Camby because, like, I fucking love Marcus Camby on that Knicks team. Like, he was so good. Yeah, he was. So, huh. like, it's like I'm that kind of person where it's like i've watched enough sports i know the players i know where they come from in the different eras and stuff like that but uh i always gravitate toward just enjoying sports like that's cool it's the it's the trip now you know i was just telling i was telling someone about this the other day when we were talking about basketball because the new season just started last night as of when we're talking and i go i feel so blessed like it makes me feel old but like i'm on almost my fifth generation of nba players at this point Wow. Because, like, when I started watching in the early 90s, it's like you still had, like, the like 89, 90 is kind of when I started getting into it uh, peripherally. And it's like, okay, you still had kind of, like, your Magics, your Kareems, your Byron Scotts, like, some of the carryovers, like, those old Lakers, Celtics teams. And then, obviously, most of Michael, then Kobe, you know, LeBron era, Kobe, then LeBron. Now we're into we'll like LeBron era is the, confusing because LeBron's at least he spanned at least two. Spanned like three, almost three like now. Era now. Yeah. And then it's like you know right now with uh, Wembenana or Wembiana or however you say his last name, like that's probably going to be the dude yeah, that I'll probably is. be watching for the next 10, 20 if years. He, if he if he stays healthy and keeps developing, he'll definitely be the uh, defining player of the era because he's um, an alien. <laughs> <laughs> that's like my wife doesn't understand like how sweet some of this shit is like in the la- like during the pandemic after you know getting vaccinated and all that so we could at least keep traveling um we went and saw a spurs game against the bulls so i got to see coach pop coach a home game nice. that was pretty sweet um nice. we and went we to new orleans saw... yeah I, I you know i watched the bulls a couple of years i watched the bulls in 20 uh 20 early 2021 or 2022 i think okay that, at, in Chicago? Yeah, I was in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago, um, Portland. They, they killed Portland. Oh. But Dane wasn't playing, <laughs> so it was kind of a moot point that game. Yeah, but, we... Uh, I've been blessed because like, we got to see them. And we went to New Orleans, and I got to see one of Zion's first games like oh, after sick. he like had that injury. And it was yeah. against Memphis, so it was like him and Ja Morant. Oh, Zion so and like, Ja. Wow, that's cool. Uh, and then like my wife's like, oh, I don't know who any of these people are. I'm like, this is... It doesn't matter. This is so sick, though. <laughs> I went to one of the Lakers Grizzlies playoff games last year, and that was a really good time. Um, is that your first playoff game you've been to? Um, you know, I think it might have been. Yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah, the atmosphere because I've seen a few regular ones, and the atmosphere definitely is is way crazier. Especially, I think with LA because I think LA fans are known to be kind of casual about the regular season, but once it's playoff right. time, they they get pretty wild. Well, that was the crazy thing for me. Like uh, a friend of mine was going down to go to a friend's uh, like internet podcast thing, uh, TV show. It's like really nice production and all that kind of stuff. Um, And I love Atlanta. So I always make an excuse to go, but I saw the Hawks were playing the Knicks and I was like, I'll buy tickets. Can we please go? (laughs) And he goes, the playoff series that the, that the Hawks um, kind of surprised everyone. Yeah. Yep. It was so sick. That was a crazy series. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, but like, and Pretty that was young. the thing. I had, oh god, 
like I had never, I've been to a couple of basketball games over the years, but like I've never been to a playoff game. And I was like, this is so sick. Like it is totally different of a vibe. That's I don't know. I love, I love sports. Like wife and I are trying to go to the a Vegas game. Cause that state, like we, we got married in Vegas. So we always try to go to Vegas around our anniversary, which is Christmas. Um, awesome. But we, we saw it getting built and we're like, that's so sick. We got to go to a game. And then obviously it uh got built and we were looking at going and tickets for like nosebleeds are like 500 bucks plus. And you're like, what? yeah, they are ridiculously expensive. So it's kind of hard where you're like, it's already expensive for the flights and stuff like that to get out there and go do Vegasy stuff. But to then spend almost a grand just on tickets to go, you're like, ugh. That's so I'm hoping so maybe like if they have another subpar season this year, <laughs> that maybe next year it'll be like a little bit more affordable. Plus for me, I can yeah. then finally wear my, uh, my uh, Charles Woodson Raiders Jersey. That would be sick. Uh, dude. Uh, well, I uh, thank you very much. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me. Um, this has been, yeah, no, thanks for coming on. Um, uh, where, where can everyone find you or anything you would like to plug? Yeah, um, well, we got a record coming out on November 3rd uh, called Super Bloom, and uh, we're really proud of it. We're really excited to show it to the world, and um, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, that's about it, you know? Be, be kind. What song, are you, what song are you most excited for everyone to hear that Super hasn't Bloom, the, come the out? The title track, yeah. It's the final song of the album, and it's, uh, yeah. it's my favorite thing we've ever done, you know? it's It's like it's a lot. It's a song that kind of like starts in one place and then it turns into something else. And then at the end it turns into something else. And it's uh it's a very dynamic song. And I, I think those are, we don't, not all of our songs do that where they go from A to B to C to D or whatever, but this, the song did that. And uh, it's yeah, very, very proud of it. Um, very happy with how it turned out. Um, it's definitely something that means a lot to us. We'll enjoy the rest of your evening for people to hear the record. And uh, hopefully, I would assume, obviously, with a new record, uh, you'll be touring a bunch. Uh, maybe not so much in the winter. Yeah, yeah we'll be headlining January, February, um, the North the North America um, uh, Super Bloom Tour. And then we'll be going over to Europe to support a band um, that is awesome. That should Both those things should be announced <laughs> soon. So, yeah. Maybe I'll have to tag along with Dale because I would assume a headlining run is going to be A Markets, preferably. <laughs> and Grand Rapids is not one of those, unfortunately. You know, it's funny. I, I I don't know if we're playing Detroit or Grand Rapids, but I did actually tell our our agent that I'm like, you know, I think that I think I kind of enjoy Grand Rapids shows more than Detroit ones, to be honest with you. So it's a very weird dynamic, and the fact that for the most part, Detroit people don't come down here or over here or whatever. And not people traveling, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's always a, a funny joke too. Cause my wife and I, a lot of times will go to Fort Wayne, uh, to go see, to go hang out with okay, guys yeah. like in that on tour and everyone will be like, why do you and your wife go to Fort Wayne? And I go, a, it's the same distance from Fort Wayne as it is to Detroit for us. Secondly, it costs way less to stay there. Third, yeah. if you're actually there to hang out with like the people that are on the tour, like, you know, if I know somebody, it's like I get to hang. Out. I actually get to hang out more because there's no one knows anyone in Fort Wayne, unfortunately, right. unfortunately for them. But I would go now. The downfall of that is the other people that will always trump getting to hang out 
uh, is sweet water. <laughs> and I totally understand that. That's true. That's true. Yeah, sweet water being there, that is kind of like what musicians think of when they think of Fort Wayne. But uh, yeah, hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, I yeah. hope, uh, hope to see you soon in, in Michigan or Indiana, maybe. So that was my conversation with Garrett of Silent Planet. I want to thank him once again for taking the time. Uh, the willingness to delve so deep into personal things. And honestly, the the part, you know, where he talks about uh, having to have gone into a mental health facility and, you know, all the things that stem from that, um, it was, it still is, and it was um, really hard to hear, you know, someone going through that. It, it, it kind of creates this this awkwardness of like, what do you say? Anything kind of feels, you know, even if you're trying to be empathetic, it just feels like it's not enough. And I think the, for me, the thing was too, is, is hearing Garrett and, and, you know, for those that maybe are watching the YouTube version, or uh, if you watch, go back and watch the video, um, when he was talking about that, uh, it, it took me right back um, to when a friend basically had the, the exact same thing happen to him and sort of just this feeling of helplessness on my part because I, I, I honestly don't want anyone to ever feel that way. Um, you know, I, I talk a lot about therapy and what it's done for me and granted I haven't been going for years and years and years. I only went for about a five, six month period, but I always talk and I always want to mention how invaluable that experiences and how I think it gives you the keys to work through things in your life, whether it be personal work related, whatever it is, I, I, I strongly encourage people to give it a shot if you're having problems, because I, I it's just so invaluable and, and talking to other people who have figured out how to utilize those tools and go get help and, and then help themselves out of these, these dark parts of their lives, these dark, corners of their mind and so forth. And, and it's a thing for me where I feel like because I've lost somebody to that, that I don't, I don't want anyone to feel that way. I don't want anyone to be on my side of things where you wonder what could have been, how things could have been. And without being like a super bummer about this, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, fitting at times how sometimes, like I, I say all the time, these podcast episodes are almost like therapy for me and how sometimes I'm just, I'm not aware of things necessarily, but subconsciously my mind knows that something is happening and then it'll take, you know, a conversation or something or a, a memory or something seen somewhere and it'll remind me of, you know, some of my friends and so forth and some of these experiences that I've gone through. And as I'm sitting here today, you know, it's the first snowfall, you know, winter's coming up and stuff like that. And I, they just finished working on a building where the friend of mine that had passed away, um, it's where he was checked into and then left. Uh, they, they're redoing it to, to be, <laughs> coincidentally, um, a like mortgage place, like it's a realtor. Uh, it's like their main headquarters <laughs> here in town. And it's also snowing and it's also getting uh, really, you know, the beginning of winter is about to hit and this is when he went missing. And it's just one of those things where there's so many memories and so many things and, and the feelings of 
Could I have done more? Could I have been a better friend? Uh, the the doubt, the insecurities, the the second guessing, the all of the things. And I guess it also doesn't help that this is also the like around the time you know Black Friday just happened. It's when I lost my brother, <clears throat> and it's a it's a time of reflection for me of just to be appreciative of, of being here because there's so many instances in my life where people aren't. Um, and I, I know that it's a struggle for a lot of people around this time of year, you know, it gets dark earlier. Um, seasonal depression's a thing and just, you never know what people are going through. And honestly, you never know. Um, and you don't want to be a burden to other people as well. And so, conversations like this and the willingness for Garrett to, to kind of open up and explore uh, some of these harder to talk about subjects uh, really means a lot to me um, because I do really think it is an important thing to talk about for a multitude of reasons. Um, beyond that, um, I really kind of enjoyed getting a little spacey with Garrett on, you know, kind of like things like grounding and things like that and being more, again, mindful and in, in the intent that you're putting out there and being purposeful in your intents. And it's just a thing where I really fucking enjoyed this conversation. And I, I'm so glad that I, I got over, got out of myself, out of my own head, and finally had this conversation that I feel like it was a long time coming. But as I say all the time, I think these things happen when they're supposed to. And I don't, I don't think this conversation would have been as good a few years ago. I don't think I would have been in the right headspace to have such a serious conversation to have gone through the things that I've gone through and, and be able to articulate and carry on a conversation that, that kind of gets as heavy as this one does. Ultimately, I really enjoyed this chat and I really hope you do too. As I said in the intro, I've really been looking forward to getting this one out and I really hope that there's something in this that maybe you learned about Garrett, uh, maybe you learned about myself, maybe it makes you think about a, a new way to approach your own life uh, in whatever capacity that may look like, just I think growth as people, as an individual, I think is always important. I will always advocate for it in whatever capacity that looks like. Um, I think we just need to be and strive to be better people uh, to each other and, and for ourselves. So uh, all that said, let's start wrapping up this episode. Uh, if you would like to keep up with Silent Planet, you can. there is a link tree. Uh, it's all in the show notes. Uh, basically, you can just go to linktree uh, slash silentplanetsound. Uh, that'll take you to their merch store, their touring page, all the various uh, DSPs. Uh, but if you know, kind of quickly roll through the social media, if you like keep up with Silent Planet on Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com slash Silent Planet Music. Instagram is Silent Planet Band, and Twitter is Silent Planet. That's S L N T P L N T. And if you like keep up with Garrett, it's Silent Garrett on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, again, very much looking forward to uh, seeing these guys live when they come back around. Uh, eating some delicious food that Dale will pr no, inevitably have made because uh, that's what he does. He is a, a gentle giant and a very caring person. Um, and he always goes above and beyond for all the bands that come through here in town, uh, always makes food and does all the things. Chances are you have probably seen uh, viral clips of the security guard getting down and singing uh, to some of the bands that come through here. You may not be aware that they're from here. Uh, but definitely know that you probably have seen this gentleman uh, in countless videos if you follow any bands or venues or anything of that sort. Uh, I think even when we were young, Festival uh, ended up sharing a video of Dale when, uh, what is it, Ohio is for Lovers, what is that band? Um, 
uh, Hawthorne Heights when they were here in town, uh, kind of getting down and, and uh, they were singing, I think Ohio is for lovers. Um, so great dude. Can't wait to hang out with him and uh, possibly Garrett next time they come into town. And uh, for the podcast, if you would like to keep up with us, you can follow us at Bruce Speak Pod on all the major social media platforms. If you'd like to email me, you can do such at brutallyspeaking at gmail.com. Keep the conversation going. Uh, it's been great getting to connect with a lot of you uh, in DMs, uh, emails, and so forth. So keep those coming. Uh, greatly appreciated. If you would like to keep up with our sponsors, speaking of greatly appreciated, uh, go support them if you can. Go to rockabilly.com. Use our code BRUTALLY at checkout. Take 10% off your total purchase order. It is the holiday season. Pick up something great for yourself. Tell your loved ones that there's something that you'd like over there. Uh, pick up something for somebody else, uh, but use the code, save some money, and uh, support a great company uh, for supporting us over here doing this show and spreading great messages. Hopefully, hopefully you feel that way. And also, speaking of great messages, uh, Starving Artist Brewery, who reminds you to judge beer and not people. Uh, great things coming out of them. Uh, very much, as I've been saying, very much looking forward to uh enjoying some of the new beers that they are working on uh, and getting the better weather uh, so I can make a trek up there uh, and go to the the beach and go have some delicious craft beers and so forth uh, and just honestly hang out with a lot of cool people. Uh, my wife and I went last time. Uh, it's the first time we had gone and I just love the vibe. It feels like sitting in someone's porch basically and uh, just having great beer and, and talking with a bunch of strangers uh, they quickly become new friends. So go check them out. See what they got on tap. If you're in the Michigan area, go check them out. And for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John. And I'll talk to you all next week where my guest is Tyler and Lee from Hollowfront. That was an interesting conversation uh, with those two. Lots of uh, inside jokes and ribbing going on. Looking forward to getting that one out to you. And I'll see you all then. Enjoy your week. I'll talk to you all then.